Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast, brought to you by Racetech. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt, and I am pleased and proud to present my guest, his fourth time on the podcast. First time having him on the show was over eight years ago. That gave me chills back then. I still get goosebumps talking to Davey Coombs. Davey, welcome back to the podcast. <laughs> Thanks, Brad. It's, it's not all that. It's just, it's just bench racing. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. Like, yeah, you're talking to a guy who uh, grew up. My dad was uh, nice enough to sign me up for uh, a local gym where I would be surrounded by some professional athletes. And you come to find out that yes, they are just normal people too, uh, but they do spectacular things. Uh, you're you're in that category as well. Um, and you're heading off to Nashville this weekend, uh, a daytime Supercross. There's possibly possibility of some weather, uh, and a venue that like we didn't go there for a long period of time, or it had, like I don't I can't remember if we ever went there in the 70s, 80s, or 90s. Um, great place for a Supercross though. Nightlife is unreal, and just a great vibe around the town. I'm, I'm sure when when that one ended up on the schedule, yourself as well as the riders, pretty happy about it. Yeah, you know, Nashville is a very uh, underrated and rapidly rising town. Um, you know, I've been going there since 1981 uh, because of Loretta Lens, which is about right. 70 miles west. But uh, I've seen it grow, and uh, jokingly, and, and Nashville people themselves refer to it as the bachelorette party capital of the United States because uh, it seems like lots of... Uh, Ladies uh, go there for their uh, bachelorette party. It's uh, it's like a middle middle of the country Las Vegas uh, without the casinos and a lot of fun. So um, I know they've done a uh, Supercross there before, but that was very recently. Seventies, um, eighties, nineties, no Nashville Supercross uh, whatsoever. And um, you know, it, it's just it's a testament to. Uh, I think Bell, you know, thinking outside the box and trying to find new cities. And I, I have a feeling that the 2024 schedule is going to be uh, have a few more uh, nice surprises on it. Interesting. Let's say it sounds like you may have already had a sneak peek at that, but uh, you are the kind of guy who would have some privilege on that. Are, are you trying to say, like you'd mentioned the, the bachelorette parties. Uh, do you think that there's a, more than a few bachelorette parties that uh, are circling the date on their calendar to uh, get a bunch of girls, the, the, the bridesmaids together, and go watch a Supercross? I am sure that there's probably at least one or two. Uh, okay. I know that we have friends, we have friends going down. It's a, it's a post-wedding party because uh, we got married in September, but uh, it, it, it sure seems like a, a, that kind of a party, but... Anyway, I just hope the weather works out. Um, you know, last week in New York, um, I was not at MetLife. I was watching it from a volleyball tournament in Ashtabula, Ohio, with a few other volleyball dads. And uh, sounds dry. Man, that was a, that was a, a crazy race, and uh, I hope we don't get another one of those. But uh, uh, either way, uh, I'm I'm excited to uh, see what happens this weekend. Oh, for sure. Mud races in Supercross, maybe not as spectacular as, say, a, a, a mud race in Motocross, where the, the speeds are a little higher and you can just dig down deep. Um, it was actually a pretty interesting scenario this last weekend with, basically, you had half the race. Like, like if, you, if you just watched the race by itself afterwards, you had a, basically a dry Supercross until about 9 p.m., and then uh, the rains came, the lightning, the whole nine yards. You get to see the uh, the main events from the previous week, uh, and then like basically like exit stage left is last year last week's race, and enters basically a full blown like a, a monsoon had hit, 
uh, a lot of standing water, but the track actually held together pretty well. I was surprised. Yeah, you know, they did a real good job with that because, um, you know, here's the thing that some people I think don't understand, just some of the comments I've seen and listening to some right. of the other, uh, you know, post-race reviews is, you know, when a, when a weather system is approaching and lightning is in the sky, it is like a federal law in the United States that you have to clear a, a large venue. Uh, and, and this goes back to the, the notorious Sugarland concert of several years ago when they didn't clear the venue and um, basically a, a typhoon type hurricane, monsoon, whatever you want to call it, hit, destroyed the stage and, and several people lost their lives. Wow. Uh, yeah. when, when they say clear, when they, when they say lightning in the area, that means get out of the building. And uh, there was no way to hurry that along or to. Uh, you know, just keep the people in there. It's, it's, it's like I said, it's a federal law. So, um, but the good thing was, you know, the bright side of a storm like that, the Dirtworks guys had a heads up. And as soon as the LCQs were over, uh, they got out there and started sealing the track. Uh, they, they, they knew that um, the rain was coming. Uh, they, once the lightning hit, they had enough time to, to seal it in. And that's why when you saw, you know, finally those first laps of the, the 250, uh, main event uh, track looked great. It was just just a bunch of mud puddles uh, or, or water puddles, I guess I should say. Uh, but yeah, by the end of the night, it was it was pretty awful for the 450s. But uh, yeah, it could have been so so much worse. Certainly, and yeah, we were treated to some good racing and two brand new winners for the year. Uh, Justin Barsha gets his sixth win on the year, matching David Villeman for career totals. Uh, he's now won two races for Gas Gas and uh, Max Anstey, a guy who, like, my mem- my first memories of him are him coming over number nine on, I believe it was a KTM uh, back in the day on 80s. Uh, and he, he's just yeah. like, I, I, I talked to him last week and it's, just, it's such a long career that he's had from coming over here racing Loretta's to basically having to go back to Europe with his tail between his legs to now coming back, getting a win. Like, that's just a cool story. Yeah, well, he, 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 you know, the, the, the thing about Max is, you know, his, his dad brought him over here as a kid. Uh, you know, he did really well as an amateur, but, but then right when he turned pro, uh, you know, he had some injuries and uh, went, like you said, went back to uh, Europe and then had, had a lot of success in MXGP and MX2. Uh, and, and he may very well be the best mud rider in the world right now, especially since Stefan Everts is retired. <laughs> Because uh, if you remember the 2017 Motocross of Nations at Marley Basin, I mean, he put it to everyone, both motos, uh, when it was super muddy. And I, I know he's won some other mutters over there. So it really wasn't a big surprise. And he actually said a lot of people were saying to him, you know, in the tunnel, like, hey, you got this. You know, when the rain came, everyone went from, you know, thinking that it was Jet and Hunter to thinking it was going to be Max. Um, and Brad, one really cool little factoid uh, that, that I found that I thought was really interesting is that both Justin Barsha and Max Anstey graduated from the same Loretta Lynn's class in 2008. Holy crap. And then yeah, they both made their professional debut at the same race, which was Glenn Helen. Glenn Helen. The 2000, 2009 outdoor opener. Max right. didn't do so hot, but, but if you remember, Barsha led for a real long time. So you know, fast forward 15, 14, 15 years, and those guys went on the same night. Uh, it, it just makes a neat little story, and I, 
I imagine they'll say something about it on a TV show uh, Saturday Saturday afternoon because uh, you know they're going to be celebrating the history of Loretta Lynn's and all of the guys that have come through that program. And honestly, the only rider I could think of uh, that 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 is going to be at the race this weekend that never went to Loretta Lynn's is Hunter Lawrence, and that was only because he was already a pro when the family moved here, but the jet based Loretta Lynn in in 2019. So kind of, kind of cool. Like, and and I went through some of the old programs that we have, and I'm going to, you know, I think you'll see some in the TV show. Uh, All the riders is kids. And I mean, Eli Cooper, Jason Anderson, Justin Barsha, uh, Cooper Webb, uh, just Chase Sexton, you know, their moms or dads would send in photos of them for us to put in the, the uh, souvenir yearbook, um, you know, that we, we do for Loretta Lynn's each year. So it was fun to go back and find all those photos. And uh, I even found where um, Daniel Blair, Ricky Carmichael, Jason Thomas, and James Stewart all raced together in 1996, which is a very, very small world because that's mostly your TV crew now. Yeah, basically every single one of them on the line uh, at the time. I believe uh, Jason Wygant would have been, I think, in college. If I'm no, not he'd mistaken, have been a caution, he'd have been a caution flagger. Oh, caution flagger. Okay, so he he, <laughs> he was flagging, not in the same state, uh, but involved in the sport. And yeah, you're totally right. Like the the road to like the top step of a podium in the either the 250 class or the 450 class. At some point, you're going to be vying for a Loretta Lynn's title. Maybe a few of them along the way. Um, and it's incredible to think of sometimes like the sort of the quote unquote draft classes, uh, that happen with certain kids that sort of graduate from Loretta's. Um, and just, I think of sometimes just the infusion of talent that came from that, like the 2008, nine, 10 years where, uh, you had Justin Barsha, J- Jason Anderson, Eli Tomac, um, the year prior to that was, uh, Trey Kennard and, uh, Blake Wharton. Like there's just, there's so many guys who who made a huge impact won races and uh we're, we're, it, what's most maybe most amazing about that is so many of those guys were so fast and so many of those guys are still fast like in any other era of, of racing those guys would be long since retired and would probably be riding coaches or something uh attached to some sort of race team uh but not here in 2023 those guys are still racing still uh still doing well yeah it, it's 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 a really cool uh, phenomenon and and um, I, I remember and I, I wish I could find it right now here in um, in the vault but I found a, a super mini class one year um, where the top five were uh, Tomac, Jeremy Martin, uh, Cooper Webb, uh, Jake Hayes uh, who's now uh, an agent and, and um, uh, I, I, I can't remember if it was yeah Loretta Lynn's is, you know, it's kind of like, uh, it's hard to explain. I, I always equate it to sort of our, it's our high school, it's our home school, it's our graduating class, it's our, you know, it's a place where people go for reunions, homecomings, anything to do with moto, you know, you, you come up through and then you go back when your career's done. And, um, you know, it's it's just sort of a rite of passage in American motocross. I I, I don't know that my dad planned on it to be, you know, nearly as successful as it has been. Uh, but, um, you know, we're, we're quite proud of it and we work really hard to make sure that we, you know, ensure the integrity uh, of the whole program because, uh, you know, it means a lot to a lot of people for sure. 
Certainly. One, one of them that comes to mind, a lot of guys were racing even last weekend, uh, 2008 Super Mini 2, 14 to 16 class. Eli Tomek goes 661 for the victory. Lance Vincent in there. Jacob Hayes, like you mentioned. Jeremy Martin rounding out the top five was Canadian, was, uh, Cole, uh, Cole Thompson, uh, Gannon Audette, who of course had uh, a short stint with, uh, Pro Circuit. Uh, Kyle Gerke, which is, of course, Matt's, uh, older brother, I believe. Actually, maybe he's his younger brother. He's his younger brother. Uh, Ryan Zimmer. One of my favorite parts about going through the, the, the vault on, uh, Loretta Lynn sometimes is seeing the kids. Max Dancy's in here. He goes 224 DNS. He must have hurt himself at one of those races. Uh, he gets 24th overall. But I, I love to go back and look at some of the guys who, like, they're now established, uh, privateers. Who at the time they they like they were sort of like milling around in the 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 fifteen something like that like the the late Cody Gregg is in this class uh, Chris Floof who was a long time uh, privateer journeyman uh, racing Hondas for a long period of time uh, like yeah it, it basically runs the full gamut you can you can basically pull up any class any year uh, for the young kids and uh, there's usually some big names that went on to do some great things. Yeah, you know, I, I, I know what you're saying, you know, you have your kids that are, you know, true prodigies like an Adam Cincerilla, you know, or, or even Ricky Carmichael. And then you have other kids that are real, real late bloomers. And, and you could you know, put Cooper Webb in there. Um, I found this uh, one race where, you know, Daniel Blair, uh, the one in, back in 1996, Daniel Blair got seventh and down in 11th was a, a, a kid named James Stewart. Uh, yeah. whose best motor finish was like a ninth. And I, I don't think uh, anyone might have uh, – we might have seen James coming because he was so good on a 50 and a 60, but I think that particular year he was he was slightly younger than the rest of the class. But um, sorry, you, hear, you can hear Bill the dog barking in the background. All good. Um, it adds to the ambiance. Uh, this, but, is, this is uh, like theater <laughs> of the mind. Yeah, but um, no, it's it's it's, you know – we're very lucky, uh, you know, to have a program like Loretta Lens where we can spot these kids early, make relationships with them, teach them how to be involved in, you know, media, uh, and, and just, you know, it's a, it's a guessing game to see, you know, who's going to do what. I, I think there was a lot of kids along the way that we, we thought were going to be, you know, something else, you know, say a, a Ben Riddle or a Billy Payne or, you know, just some other guys that, that, that didn't quite pan out the way we thought. Um, but then the opposite of that is, you know, a kid that comes along and, and, and like Jason Anderson, who, who becomes a Supercross champion uh, that, that you don't really see, you know, coming out of the desert in New Mexico. Um, but you do get to see him at Loretta Lynn's. So, um, yeah, it's, it's cool that, like I said, that they're celebrating the history of that event and doing a lot of um, – stuff with uh, the kids that have graduated and are now pros and um yeah we're, we're we're real proud of what that event's become absolutely and as you guys should be and i'm glad to hear that uh, they're doing a celebration obviously uh being in nashville is a great place for it uh like you said only 70 miles from where the race is going to happen uh this this august um and it, it's it's interesting for to me to see so many kids like they they document their uh their their road to loretta's like it, like they're going to hit a lot of amateur races throughout their calendar uh but it's sort of the means to the end is hitting this big big race obviously uh people circle the date on the 
the calendar, they, they prepare for it, they plan for it, and they also budget for it because it's not cheap to go there. I hope to go there one day and maybe, uh, is there like a, a plus 30 novice class that I can enter? There is a plus 30 BC class. Okay, uh, but, okay. But it's as it's as cutthroat as any of them. Just fair enough. Learn. I can get lost in that. <laughs> um, but yeah, well, we're, we're, the, it's, getting last is not the hard part. The hard part is qualifying. Yeah, the seriously. That's the 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 thing about Loretta Lynch that people don't understand that the area qualifiers are you know they're easy. You know, there's enough of them where you know you just got to get you know the top eight, top ten, or whatever. It's the regional where you know your whole summer is based on you know, that weekend event and getting, you know, in a qualifying position because no one gets a pass. No one, you know, can just sign up. No one, even, you know, a, a kid from Europe, like let's say Max Anstey um, or, or Jet Lawrence, the year that he raced the Red Lens, he had to come over and do the areas and do the regionals. Uh, back in 2008, Ken Roxon came over from Germany with the help of uh, Jeff Cernick and Suzuki and uh, raced an area and then did the regional and then finally, you know, made it to Loretta Lynn's. And I don't think Ken got in the top five of a single moto, um, you know, but, but look at him now, you know, he's one of the, you know, absolute superstars of the sport. But in 2008, he was just a, a German kid trying to crack the top 10. Um, the regional is the heavy. That's, that's the really difficult part because if you don't make it, you know, you can say goodbye to that trip to Loretta's and what was probably going to be your summer vacation and, you know, your, your big goal for the summer. Um, it's just the nature of that competition. It's, it's very cutthroat. Fair enough. Well, I'll definitely have to probably get myself on uh, something other than a 2016 KTM 252 stroke in order to put myself in a good position to make that class. But uh, it might not happen this year uh, because I think I'm a little bit late to the party, but uh, that's still a bucket list event for me to go to. Um, And that was driven home a little bit further when I joined the, the Verb Moto crew. Uh, they've taken me on full time here, uh, so that I can actually cover this sport for a living, which still blows my mind to this day. Uh, but they brought back World Mini this year, and uh, I was on scene for that. Uh, the numbers may not have been as impressive as they were hoping it to be. Uh, first year coming back since 2015. Um, but to see Jaden Smart and, uh, and Grayson Townsend and all those kids that are so hopeful, um, to, to put in the results and turn the heads to be able to, uh, to secure the, the, the support to keep doing what they love. Um, the energy around it was just so infectious and, uh, I can't help but want more. Well, I was very proud of, uh, Wes and Brenton chasing the boys for even bringing that event back. You know, when I was growing up, the World Mini GP was the dominant, absolute biggest uh, mini cycle uh, and amateur event of all. Um, I, I, I joke with those guys. It's the only motocross race that ever ended up on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Uh, cool. Back in back in 1973, they put a photo of uh, Kurt Henriksen, who was the event's uh, co-founder's son, on the cover. Uh, but the story was not really so much about the World Mini GP as just youth sports and youth racing. But, you know, the, the equity that, that the, the Henriksen family had built up in that event over the years, and then to see it sort of, like you said, disappear in 2014, 2015, uh, the name has that, you know, that big cachet, like, you know, Loretta Lens or Minios or Ponca City or MXON. 
so I'm, I'm really glad that they brought it back and, and brought it back to Mesquite. Uh, you know, the first year for anything, even, um, uh, you know, a, a, a do-over or uh, you're bringing something out of, um, you know, hiatus, you know, can be tough. But uh, I imagine the second year that uh, the World Mini GP will have twice as many riders, twice as many sponsors, and, and a, a whole lot of uh, emphasis uh, come next April. Absolutely. I, I kept telling uh, Brent and Wes, and I was like, you know what, boys, this is the year where we create the FOMO. Next year, we do that even more when more people show up and we just got this, like, we just hype it up like crazy. Uh, I was doing the vlog. Um, amazingly, I'd never used a GoPro in my entire life or made a vlog in my entire life. And uh, for some reason, they thought that that was a good job to hand me. Uh, I hope I did well at it. But um, yeah, just like, just it, like I, I see events like that, it's no different than uh, a house party. If if you hype up a house party, they're like you gotta be there. It's the place to be. Like clear your calendar. You gotta be at this party. People show up. If you say yeah, like it's gonna be like yeah, we're gonna have some beers. We're gonna watch a hockey game. Like if you guys want to show up, that that'd be cool. No one shows up. You gotta you, you gotta you gotta go over the top with this sort of thing. You gotta uh, get people excited to want to go. Uh, I hope we achieve that. And uh, yeah, who knows? Maybe uh, maybe we will even see Davy Coombs lining up. Uh, they did have a vet class uh, where the two of us can finally decide who's uh, who's the faster of the two of us. Yeah. Well, uh, I uh, <laughs> I if if my calendar's clear next April and I can get out there, uh, we'll see. It's a, I, I have more. Uh, more possibilities to do some riding in the spring than I do in the summer because then pro motocross starts. Right. And, uh, you know, I, I tore my knee up uh, about five, six years ago, and limping through the whole summer was not uh, pleasant by any means. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I saw um, photos from the event. I saw the big trophies. I saw your uh, vlog. Um, I, I, I think that uh, Verb Moto is definitely on to something there. And, and uh, in fact, there's a magazine feature about the event uh, in the uh, issue of Racer X that's at the printer. So um, we're, we're doing our best to, to help get the World Mini GP back on the map for sure. Awesome. Well, I'm good to see. I'm glad to hear that. Uh, that will show up in my brand new mailbox. This is the second podcast that I'm doing in my brand new first first brand new home. Uh, and uh, yeah, I uh, I'm, I'm glad to uh, to be getting that uh, that now, are, issue. Are you in Boise? But no, I, I actually I am as remote as remote gets. I am still eight hours north of Millville, Minnesota, which is uh, <laughs> Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. Uh, I'm I'm by I'm verb by correspondence, um, but yeah, no, I, I'm up here hey. and I, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, well, I'm in Morgantown, West Virginia, so yes, believe me, I, I know what it, I know what it means to work remotely. Uh, the way I look at it, Brad, is as long as you're at the races, it doesn't matter where you're at in the middle of the week. Uh, you know, just as long as you're, you're, you're on the phone or, or doing your best to push things forward, uh, you, you can be in, you know, Manitoba or you can be in Morgantown. Uh, you know, Mathis makes it work. Uh, Jason Wagant lives in Charlotte. Uh, Scott Wallenberg's in Boise. I know the Verb guys are set up in Idaho now. Um, you don't have to be in California or Florida to, to, you know, do something significant and, um, help, you know, roll this thing forward. Uh, it's just, being at the races is always a good idea. 
Absolutely. No, I try to make to as many races as I possibly can. Uh, long story short, I got foiled of going to Anaheim 1 this year uh, due to some scheduling issues. But uh, yeah, looking to make uh, make some uh, some super motocross events before the, the year is out. Maybe race uh, uh, Amateur Day for Millville. I know I only have a few more minutes of your time. Um, yeah, you're still the dog barking again. <laughs> that's fine. No, and he, he, he deserves to, uh, he'll get credit on the, uh, on the show notes for the podcast podcast as well um you you ended up working for espn at a super young age you you know i love to watch old supercrosses and i see a very young davy coombs um reporting on the floor sometimes in the booth um like i i spoke to to justin brayton for about 45 minutes half of which we were just talking about his announcing and his his his, his new uh career in broadcasting which i'm sure my my audience absolutely loved was just talking about talking about talking for for 15 minutes but uh quickly if you can how did you stumble across that position and um did you ever did 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 you and uh cameron Steele ever do like a a fast lap challenge because uh the two of you used to give each other a a fair bit of crap about who could go fastest on that suzuki uh i would have buried cameron Steele. (laughs) yes i i agree with you he also buried the bars into the ground a few times too yeah, I was I raced pro for a while, but uh, yeah. no, I, I I like joking with Cameron. If we were out in the desert in a truck, he would absolutely destroy me. Yes, uh, but but I, I think I had him covered in motocross. But no, um, it, it's 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 actually a funny story. And and talk about stumbling into things. Uh, a guy who worked at Fox Racing named Todd Hicks. Okay. Uh, he and I went to we went to the Florida uh, Gainesville National. And we did a road trip Atlanta Supercross. Gainesville National, and along the way, I was trying to, you know, pay for things by writing for Cycle News. And there was a National Enduro in Georgia, you know, the next morning after the Atlanta Supercross. So we got up and went to it, and and I was trying to interview guys after the race. And there was a a gentleman there named Bob Link who worked for Moto World, and he was like a one-man operation. He had a giant camera on his shoulder. He had a microphone. And he was interviewing guys, you know, one hand with the microphone and the other one operating the camera. And uh, anyway, I, I was like, hey, you know, I'm going to interview this guy anyway. Let me just hold the microphone for you. And I started interviewing Randy Hawkins and Jeff Russell, who became my brother-in-law. Um, <laughs> and um, uh, man, who else was there? Kevin Hines was there. Uh, Mark Hyde. Anyway, I knew all those guys. I was super familiar with them and did it uh and forgot about it uh, later that summer and i mean like three months later i get a call from a guy named dennis torres and he said hey i saw your reel would you like to be our pit reporter for southwick and i was like i have no idea what you're talking about <laughs> like, i i uh southwick and what reel and here that guy, talking Instagram Bob Reels? Link, uh, the, the guy Bob Link had made a tape. And whenever they needed a pit reporter, for some reason, I can't remember, it was Marty Reed or uh, whoever the pit reporter was back then, uh, couldn't make Southwick. So they called me and I'm like, yeah, but I, I've never done this before. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And they're like, well, just do what you did at that National Enduro. And I, I was like, oh, shit, that's, that's how this happened. 
Well, I was going to Southwick anyway because I was working for Inside Motocross, and we were going to do a story on Doug Henry. Right. And, uh, and I told him, I, I was like, yeah, I'm driving up, and uh, I'll, I'll, I'll help out. And they're like, oh, no, 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 no. It's, it's, we'll, we'll buy you a plane ticket. We'll get you a hotel room, and we'll give you $500. And I'd never been paid five hundred dollars in my life, and I was like, "That's a lot of okay. money in the in nineties. Like that, that's damn near a thousand bucks back then." I was going to cover the race for, like I said, Inside Motocross and Cycle News, and I was driving there. And all of a sudden, and I'm you know on a plane, staying in Hartford at a real nice hotel, and I have five hundred dollars in my pocket. And from there, just kept they just kept calling me back. And I told them that I would do it for as long as they needed me. And, and the day they didn't need me, I'd hand them the microphone and climb back over the fence. And um, instead, what happened is I started Racer X. And by 2004, 2005, it was really, I, I started a family. Uh, and the magazine was, you know, going. The biggest you know, in the sport. Magnificent. Yeah. yeah and, and so something had to give. And I gave them the microphone back. And um I filled in a couple times since then, uh, but man, I, I I love what they're doing now with James and Ricky and Justin and I think Danny Blair and and Jason Thomas and of course Jason Wygant. Uh, I love those guys. Uh, the the fact that people who genuinely belong in the sport love the sport and and it's a different voice every weekend. And that's that's the thing that I used to really get frustrated with. I love. Jeff Emig, I loved Danny Stevenson, and of course, you know, I got to work with Art Ekman and David Bailey, who were truly the gold standard. But it was the same voices week after week, year after year, and and you know, you just you just kind of got tired of it. And so last year, when we had the opportunity to sort of recreate the TV package, that was the first thing I said was, why don't we, since it's the 50th year of pro motocross, why don't we have a revolving door? And just have different guys be the color analysts and get different people to be the pit reporter. And uh, lo and behold, it, it worked. And, and guys like Jeremy and Ricky Johnson and, and RV, uh, Jeremy Martin, they all took turns and they all did great. And then we got James at Buzz Creek and yeah. that changed everything. Because everyone was just like, oh my God, James Stewart is is amazing at this. And, and remember, Brad, no one had heard from James for a few years he'd kind of gone oh yeah you know he'd, he'd gone away when his when his career ended but to have him back and and so just on point uh and, and him and ricky who used to literally be blood rivals <laughs> to have them working together on the tv shows is just it's every fan's dream and, and it's a real treat so you know the, the the little part that i had to do with that which was to you know spread out the the talent and, and ended up finding, you know, that Jason Thomas is excellent, that, that uh, uh, Justin Brayton is excellent, that, that James is fantastic, and, and Ricky's Ricky. Um, you know, we, we, it's a good time to watch Supercross and Pro Motocross, and it's going to be a great time watching the Super Motocross World Championship. Looking and forward. Speaking yeah. of that, I yeah. just looked at the clock. Yes. <laughs> I, I would love to talk to you as I roll up the road with my wife to the Pittsburgh airport. But she's looking at me like, honey, we got to go. Um, yeah. So um, let's uh, let's talk maybe before uh, Pro Motocross starts. There's certainly any update you want to do during uh, yes, the sir. series, during the season, any news, whatever, let me know. And um, 
I really appreciate it. I appreciate your time, my friend. I'm glad we were able to finally get to the bottom of how Jan Bikis finally got Wally pipped. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> hey, I, I left the name uh, Lee Diffie off. There I think Lee Diffie and Todd Harris are exceptional, yes. too. Everyone, yep. you're just Will Christian, Lee has a different accent. The whole group. Yeah, he, Lee has a different accent, but he, he comes out of motocross and supercross just like the rest of us. He, he came out of it you know, down in Australia. And I know he does a lot of car racing and whatnot, but he's a he's a dirt bike guy at heart. And Todd Harris, I think his four kids have eight mini bikes. So believe me, he's a he's a a big fan too. They just happen to be professional broadcasters. Um, so we're lucky to have that whole crew right now. I think they're doing a great job. That we are, Davey. It's been a pleasure. It's always a pleasure. Uh, I will dial you up again as the the time ticks down towards the the opening moto of the uh, the motocross championship. You get off to uh, to Nashville, my friend, uh, with your beautiful wife, and uh, I'll get to editing this podcast so that it comes out before you even get there. Okay, well, uh, good luck with Verb, and uh, I'll see you at the races, Brad. Thank you. All right. Take care, Davey. What can you say about a guy like Davey Coombs? First of all, I still have to pinch myself every time that I get an opportunity to interview a guy like Davey. It's truly like i don't think you get romantic about it but it's a dream come true to be able to um connect with these guys these are people who um make motocross in north america or worldwide what it is he's responsible for creating um racer x uh, a magazine that was so instrumental in uh telling the stories that really in my eyes, like obviously, it was an important time of the the, the, the series, obviously in the sport in the mid to early early two thousands, uh, where motocross was maybe at its absolute healthiest. Same thing with supercross, guys getting paid, this that and the other thing. Um, it seemed like like the sport was at its healthiest, and Racer X was right in there. Um, so much in- information that that guy has. Uh, he's a like he. Like they have the Racer X vault. He himself is a vault. He's got uh, all this, all these stats and facts in his Rolodex at his beck and call more often than not. Um, and honestly, like the way he's able to do that is partly why I'm able to do it too. Is I've always looked up to Davey, uh, always looked up to what he's able to accomplish with his work uh, with motocross. Uh, as, as of course, uh, the whole reason why we do East West shootouts which uh, is, is what the, <clears throat> we had this last weekend, was the, the, the first one, and the, when they would come together, uh, they were dedicated to his dad, Dave Coombs Sr. Um, a lot of people don't, like, they don't call it that at the final round anymore. Um, so, yeah, like, that's kind of something that gets lost in, uh, in the lore of Supercross history, but the two the two classes coming together east first west was essentially a uh a dave coombs senior uh idea and um yeah same thing with loretta Lynn's. uh it's the the race if you want to uh make it in the sport uh you at least have to go there uh there's very few people who get <clears throat> get to the pro level and have any amount of success there without racing at loretta's um even for some european riders that um event that like they have to come over at some point many of them 
put in an effort to do Loretta's and, uh, and, and make that part of their calendar. And for good reason. Uh, there's a good chances I'm going to be able to make, make it there uh, this year for the very first time. Um, it's, a, it's a dream of mine to be able to go to that race. Uh, and I talked to Davey on the, on the show. You guys just heard it. Like I would really like to be able to race that race, uh, plus 30 BC. Um, sounds like something I might be able to get into. Uh, I think what I'll have to do is check the, the results from last year's race and um, just look at sort of the, the lap times of how far they are off uh, some of the faster classes, and that should give me a good idea. Um where I'd be at. Uh, for those who haven't had the pleasure of watching me ride, uh, I, 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 uh, I describe my skill level as this. I'm about as slow as you can possibly be having raced for 20 years plus. Uh, so t- do with that what, uh, what, you, what you will. Uh, but essentially, uh, I've been racing for a long period of time. Uh, I, I recently won uh, the Plus 25B Championship locally. Uh, I'll admit I didn't have to beat a lot of guys to be able to uh, have that distinction. But um, I can make my way around the track. I uh, jump everything. Uh, I've pretty textbook style because uh, the majority of the time I spent racing as a kid was spent um or riding as a kid was actually getting instruction because uh, i was only usually able to ride maybe once a week between races and my dad would make sure that a local pro by the name of matt ham who actually is now one of the head marketing guys at fxr uh would be um basically giving me some personal instruction same thing goes for uh, guys like aaron weeb or don formo or uh, and if you're from Manitoba, those names are very, very familiar to you. If you're not from Manitoba, you are like, who the hell are those guys and why would I care? Uh, but those are the guys who uh, who set my uh, my style in stone. That's why when I come into corners, the elbows are up unless I'm extremely tired, which does happen after usually lap three. Uh, but uh, yeah, like um, we'll see. I think maybe it's, this is uh, uh, something I got to run by the verb guys is uh uh, this year, I could go to the ranch as uh, as a spectator and as a, as a vlogger for those guys. And then next year, I can make a sort of a docu-series out of uh, maybe trying to qualify for it. And maybe I come up short, but at least I'll try. So uh, anyway, guys, uh, support the sponsors that make these podcasts happen. Of course, you guys know if you mention Big MX Radio with Racetech, you're going to save some money. Big MX Radio, or Big MX 10 with Luxon MX saves you 10%. Big MX 20 with Guts Racing saves you 20%. You're going to save 10% off of your brand new set of wheels from W when you mention Big MX Radio. Um, and uh, yeah, like the other sponsors like um, Heartbeat Hot Sauce. Honestly, like I put that stuff on absolutely everything. More things than I probably should. Uh, like I, I, like I, you guys probably hear on a different podcast that I am already running out of some product from those guys. Uh, but I love it so much. I put that stuff on everything. Um, it's it's not it's uh, it's better than any other hot sauce that you've tried. And they have so many cool flavors. It's a really really cool company. Like the guys who own it still operate their social media. So if you DM them, you are getting a DM back from the guy who owns the company. Super super cool guy. They are uh, really engaging, and I love working with companies like that. So. Support those guys. They make great shit. You can also buy it on Amazon, so that's great. Uh, that's awesome, too. Uh, Maple Ridge Motorsports, great spot for your family fun center. Uh, they do awesome work, friendly staff, super knowledgeable, and they happen to also sell uh, Fox Racing Canada apparel, which are uh, a great supporter of the Big MX Radio podcast. 
Um, thanks for listening to this podcast, guys. I really appreciate you guys taking the time to listen to it. If you're listening to this podcast right now and you need a new set of graphics, I have an offer for you. I have a $100 gift certificate to SKDA Graphics. And if you email me, giving me uh, at brad at verbmoto.com and uh, let me know why you need a brand new set of graphics, I'm going to hook you up. So hit me up, brad at verbmoto.com. And uh, yeah, let me know why you're gonna uh, what what your graphics are gonna look like. Maybe uh, a selling point for me would be putting the Big MX Radio logo on there somewhere. Just saying, that wouldn't be a good idea. Uh, but anyway, guys, you guys have yourselves a great one. I appreciate you guys taking the time to listen to this podcast. Um, whether it's Sean Wedge, who's currently on the elliptical, getting ready for our uh, old timers races and ride days this summer or if you're james dolman um trying to figure out how you're going to replace one of the many snowboards that you absolutely trashed this year in golden bc uh thanks for listening uh for jonesy down in australia to uh garrett rockley uh down in the states appreciate everybody who takes the time to listen to this podcast brad gebhardt big mx radio verb moto over and out